And I trust, this is the most beautiful thing in the world and what this all comes back to is that I trust myself and I trust you and I trust every human on this planet to know when is the time to shift from the mind and go into the body. You're listening to the Every Day is a Breakthrough podcast. I'm your host, Jaden Hummel. I'm here to invite you into living your most alive and aligned life possible. On this podcast, I'll be holding the mirror for your deepest truths and desires and giving you the permission and the power to not only follow your dreams, but to walk with firm trust in all of who you are in everything that you do. So if you're somebody who's here to live out your life's purpose and you're the kind of person who gets after it no matter what, this show is for you and I hope that you get the absolute most out of listening. What's up guys? Welcome back to the Everyday is a Breakthrough podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm super excited to share today's episode. It is just me. I'm doing a solo show all about the difference between mindset work and somatic work, why each one is important, which one should you do, as well as sharing my favorite number one most transformational tool in the world and kind of breaking down the difference and dissecting it of like, when do we go on the mindset side and when do we go on the somatic side? So talking a lot about mindset work versus somatic work and somatic work just means in the body, which is a lot of the work that I do in my coaching and my programs is a lot of trauma-informed work. We're going in the body. We are approving feelings. We're reprogramming. We're transcending trauma and really just creating new experiences in our body so that we can create a different life. So we're breaking down the differences today. And if you've landed here, my sense is that you've seen people talk about these two different things. And especially in this day and age, what I've been seeing, the trend that this kind of work is going toward, which is incredible, and I fully 100% back, the trend is, is that we're moving more toward somatic work. We're moving more toward trauma-informed work, which basically means when we're moving toward expansion in our life, right? Creating new experiences in our career, creating new experiences in our relationships. We're not just saying, everything's working out for me. This is the best day ever. Like I can have whatever I want and completely ignoring things that happened in our past, patterns that might keep coming up, right? We're not just hoping for the best, saying some mantras, and that's it, right? And the reason why, okay, is because 20% of our body's responsibility for feeling good, okay? There's a thing called the vagus nerve, and you might have heard of the vagus nerve before. 20% of the fibers that send information in our body to say, hey, it's safe to feel good. You can feel joy. You can feel bliss. 20% is from the mind to the body, which is essentially 20% is mindset. 
Okay. In 80% of her body's ability to regulate, feel good comes from the body. Okay. So it's super important for us when we do work in this realm, right? When we're looking at career expansion, life expansion, creating new experiences that feel better and increasing our capacity to experience more joy. It's super important that we get our body on board. And the reason for this is because our body stores everything. Our body stores everything. Every experience that you had, if you were, you know, eight years old and your parents were five minutes late to pick you up from soccer practice, you might forget that in your mind. Maybe you just remembered because I said it, but you might forget that in your mind, but your body remembers that. And what I mean by that is if you're then on a date or something, you're on a blind date and the date shows up late, you're like sitting there, you're sitting at the dinner, you have the candle lit and they're late, your body might start to feel abandoned and you might start to get really stressed, okay? Because your body is remembering this time when your parents were late to pick you up from soccer practice, okay? If you didn't have that experience of that abandonment at that young age and you were on a blind date and they were late, you might just start to go, oh, whatever, maybe they're late. Maybe I'll text them, right? You'll start to sort of regulate and reason and be able to have a healthy way of seeing the situation and understand what's going on. But if you have trauma, which most of us do, which could range from anything as simple as someone was five minutes late to pick you up to things that are, you know, much more, you know, you can kind of know what, what trauma is, whether it's like physical trauma, sexual trauma, like bigger things that happened, right? There's a huge spectrum of how we experience trauma. But the reality is, is that it is stored in our body. So it's really, really, really important to understand what has gone on in our past or like how are we responding to it in order to move forward. So in this episode today, I'm talking about like why mindset work, why this trauma-informed coaching work, why this somatic work. And here's what I think, okay? I think of it like a car. And this might not be like the most spot-on analogy that I could possibly make because it might be a little bit off, but for the sake of this, let's just think of it like a car, okay? Mindset work, which think mindset work which I love. I love mindset work. And this is why I'm doing this episode because I love both. And I really don't think there's a wrong way. And that's what we're really going to get to because our body is so genius. And if you've been doing mindset work and it's not working, you're going to know that it's time to do some deeper work. And if you're doing the deeper work and you're still not moving forward in your life, you might go, Hey, time to do some mindset work. Like in The idea is that we want to be doing both all the time, which in any of my programs, in a private coaching, in EA, in Soulship, we're doing all of this all the time. We're doing mindset work. We're going into the body. We're moving forward, creating new experiences, which is the best way to heal and transform. But anyway, I think of it like a car. So mindset work is the gas. Okay, You're at a gas station and it's gas. And doing somatic work, 
right? Understanding your past, understanding your trauma, understanding your patterns, acknowledging your patterns, creating new experiences from the body is the car. Okay. So if you put gas, and this is so great, like if you put gas, like energy, like you got this mantra, everything's working out. If you put that into a car that is super falling apart, think like a dysregulated human and you're like stuck in your patterns, you're stuck in your trauma. Every time you turn left, you feel like you've been abandoned. If you pump a bunch of gas into that, you might move for a little bit, but at the end of the day, right, you're probably going to break down on the side of the road. You're probably going to need to go into the shop, right? It, it might not be super, super, super sustainable because you're pumping positivity and you're pumping gas to something that's not working properly. Not to say that you're not working properly, but we have these responses that are conditioned in us because of very real things that have happened in our past. So anyway... The mindset work is like the gas. We're putting gas in our car, which is our body, the vehicle. And the somatic work is the car. Okay. So when we do work in our body, when we look at, okay, what is the response I'm having? How can I validate it? How can I empathize with myself? How can I reprogram and transcend trauma and create new experiences? We're doing this body work on the car and we're creating this really beautiful vehicle right and when you pump gas into a beautiful brand new car that's functioning so properly you get on the highway and it's like you know this really light noise or maybe there's no noise if you're a hybrid car and it's just this really beautiful driving experience and you're moving forward and you have gas and you're in flow and everything's good just like every car and every experience in the world, you're going to need maintenance. You're going to need stuff, right? We're just like a car. Um, but ideally, you pump the gas into this beautiful vehicle and you move forward. Let me know if you're following me here. So thinking of the somatic work as the car, you can have this really, really beautiful vehicle, okay? I think you just bought a brand new car off the lot. It's beautiful. It's working, it's in your driveway and there's no gas, you can't go anywhere. Okay. So we need a little bit of both. And the question here is, do I do mindset work or do I do somatic work? Like what is the answer? Because And something I really want to speak to is I see a lot of shame around mindset work. Like Mindset work isn't the way, it's not sustainable, avoid it at all costs. And the reason I want to share this episode is because mindset work is so important as long as we're operating from a strong foundation and we understand what's going on. And here's what I believe and what I've seen to be true in my life, my clients' lives, like all across the board is The mindset work is really important because it is gas, it is energy, it is curiosity, which if if you've been following along, you know that that is our most important asset is curiosity and energy, okay? But mindset work stops working if we're repeating patterns, we're stuck in a loop, 
we can't really break through to the other side of what we want. And then we're starting to create shame around ourselves and why we can't do it. Okay. So if you have this beautiful understanding of your body, you're constantly moving through your trauma, you're creating new experiences, you're pumping in mindset work, things are going to be great. Okay. But if you're throwing the mindset work in, and you're in this vehicle that's not quite functioning properly. And even though you're adding gas, you're breaking down. And then there starts to be this shame around why am I not moving forward? Okay. Or if you notice yourself in a pattern. So this is a really, you know, you can look at your own life and go, okay, where is a place that I've really been wanting to grow? Okay. Maybe it's in a new feeling in your relationship. Maybe it's something based on your career. Maybe it's something based off of finances. Maybe it's something based off of how much free time and joy you're allowing yourself to experience in your life. Right. So if you're pumping the beautiful mindset work and allowing yourself to believe that you're worthy of it and reminding yourself that it's possible and programming your mind in that way, but it's not happening and you're looping, then it becomes time to go, okay, what's going on? Why is this happening? Where is this from? What is my pattern here? Which is so much of the work that we do um, in exponential alignment and in our group coaching calls and soulship and private coaching containers. But we hit that point. And I trust this is the most beautiful thing in the world. And what this all comes back to is that I trust myself and I trust you and I trust every human on this planet to know when is the time to shift from the mind and go into the body. Okay. And you can pick up on these cues of, okay, it's not working or it's not feeling good. And when you notice something's not working or something's not feeling good, you get curious and go, how could this feel better? And then you end up going, okay, sweet. I'm going to need to do some somatic work. I need to understand where this is coming from. I need to understand my patterns. I need to, you know, get myself in community around this and create something new. And this is why I've seen so many people start with mindset work, including myself. And then you end up doing this deeper work because you hit a point where it's no longer working, or you hit a point where you get so freaking curious about like, how can it feel better? How can you amplify further? And then you look into the body and you start to understand. And I, I always share about sort of the way that we do this work in my community. And if you're in my community, you know this, is we really operate in this energy, mindset, spiritual action, forward movement world. And then we have this grab bag of tools to go and understand our past, understand our patterns and move forward. But just like the car, right, if we do too much work, too much drama work, too much trying to understand where we went wrong, how late our parents were for soccer practice, reliving our trauma, like if we stay stuck in that loop too much, then we're this beautiful car in the driveway and we don't have any gas. So my point with all of this is that we can utilize both of these mantras, forward motion, understanding our body. And the golden ticket is really to do both. But 
And also there's no right order and there's no golden rule, just like everything else in life. Sometimes if something actually feels pretty clear, you might just be able to look at mindset work. Okay. And if it doesn't, you might go, okay, sweet. I need to like do some digging here, but there's no shame or there's no problem in picking one or the other at various points in your life. And the reality is, is that both are good. And what we really want to get in flow of is using both, understanding both in this really, really beautiful way, but not staying stuck in either one for too long. And this is all about what we're, we talk about, which is building the flexible nervous system, keeping curiosity, being able to do all of it. And most importantly, when it is working to notice, okay, what works for me, what feels really good. And when it's not working to go, okay, where do I need to shift? For example, in my life, I love mindset work. I love mantras. I love reminding myself of the possibility. I love, you know, little notes that say the best case scenario is always working out. I need that gas. I freaking love it. I love it so much. But there was a point when I used all that stuff and it wasn't working anymore. And I was like, okay, great. I have all this stuff, but it's not working. And then I did, you know, the inner work. And then there's points in my life where I'm like, oh, I'm not making any forward motion. I'm like, oh, I got to, you know, re-up on the, the mindset piece. And what I want to share here, I hope that this is all landing for you. And really what I want to get in is that both are important. We know the answers. There's no shame around which one you choose. And there are so many, so many ways to expand and feel good in the world. And the number one thing that we need to expand and feel good is to create new experiences for ourselves. So if you can truly create a new experience for yourself using mindset work, incredible. And if you can create a new experience for yourself, really doing the deeper work and understanding your patterns and reprogramming them in meditation or through community co-regulation and validation, amazing. But we just have to ask ourselves, what am I really wanting to do? And am I doing it? And how is it feeling? And be honest with that. But the reality is, is that we really need both. And most people are going to hit a point in different categories where it's going to become vital and absolutely important to start to understand, you know, where certain things come from in our life and where our patterns come from, but we don't need to stay there forever. And I want to share my favorite, favorite, favorite practice in my life that people have used. It's probably one of the most requested, talked about simple, very simple practices. And I'm just going to dissect it a little bit about, you know, how is it just in the mindset and making sure that we're really keeping our body on board and understanding ourselves and giving ourselves grace as we do this. So favorite practice in the world is simply raising your standards for what you want. Very simple. Okay. But here's the thing in life is that most of us set goals. Okay. If you're listening, 
Like, do you have goals? Do you have a vision for it? Let's be real. Like we set goals to feel emotion. I haven't recorded a podcast in a while and I'm losing my voice. I also went to a video premiere last night that my partner was in and it was super loud. So I was doing a lot of yelling. So let me have a sip of coffee and I'm going to share. I know I should be drinking water, not coffee, but let's be real. That's where I'm at this morning. Okay. So simply this practice is in raising your standards and we have goals to feel emotion, but what we don't want to do is when we set a goal in life, let's say like I have this goal to own a house on the cliffside in Oregon. And as soon as we set this goal, we sort of put it on a pedestal. Okay. And we create this distance between ourselves and our goal. And then we start to sort of create all these stories and we all have our own beautiful recipe of the way we sort of sabotage our goals. But this is like what I typically see is we set the goal and then we start to make up all these stories of, okay, in order to do that, I have to like be the kind of person who wears linen clothes everywhere I go. And I need to carry a handbag and I have to have like all these business pieces in place. And I have to be the kind of person who's really good at taxes, like in order to have that. Okay. So we start to create stories about why we're really not there. And we create this distance between ourselves and our goals. What we want to do is take these things rather than goals is grab the thing that you really, really want as a non-negotiable and make that your minimum standard in life. Okay. And you can do this by starting to say things like, there's no way I could possibly imagine myself living any other way than on a cliffside in Oregon in a house that I built and designed. Okay. There's no way I can see myself living any other way than having everything that I want more. There's no way I can see myself living any other way than having the time, money, energy to run a business that I love and do board sports every day. That was mine. It worked. Okay. It works for so many people. And what we start to do is yes, it's in the mind. We're like mantraing, right? We're in the mind, but we're starting to build safety with that in our body and go, there's, I can't imagine myself living any other way than that. And we start to build familiarity in ourselves, in our body, in our nervous system. So we're actually creating this response to it that is in the body. But we set goals to feel emotion. So goals are important. So then you take an actual goal above that and you set that as a goal. So let's say your minimum standard, if this really is your minimum standard, but I invite you to actually make it a minimum standard that you actually want. So if your minimum standard is to have a house on the side of the hillside in Oregon, maybe your goal is to have properties all over the world. Okay. So like it's my minimum standard to have this. And then it's my goal to have properties all over the world. What we do when we make our goal or minimum standard is we create safety in our body. We create safety in our nervous system. And then we start to really pay attention to this thing. Okay. And we can look in our life and go, okay, what are your minimum standards right now? I'm asking you, if you're listening to this, What are your minimum standards as it pertains to money? Like what is your minimum standard in your bank account? What is your minimum standard in your relationship? 
what is your minimum standard with your house? Okay. We all have minimum standards. Like personally, you know, let me, I always like to give examples from like the past, but let me just try to go like off, off my head here. Like I have a minimum standard that I live in a house that I can afford in LA that has, you know, space for me to have my office. There's hardwood floors. Um, it has an updated kitchen. This is my minimum standard. Um, I also have a minimum standard of having a certain amount of income in my company each month. I have a minimum standard for my bank account. And what happens with this minimum standard, and I do practice what I preach. So my minimum standards are pretty high, which is why I've been able to do some of the things that I've been able to do. But when I first started doing this, my minimum standards were like the classic minimum standard. They were like low as shit. I was like minimum standard, 20 bucks in my bank account, minimum standard, like living out of my car six months out of the year. Okay. We've, we've grown, we've evolved. So my minimum standards are what they are. And what happens when we have minimum standards is that when we go below them, we are in absolute disarray, right? So imagine you're like, okay, this is how much money I need. I can't imagine my life any other way. Like, so if I had my minimum standard, like if I lost my house because my minimum standard is to have a house and some people's minimum standard is not to have a house. And some people's minimum standard is to have like 10 houses and like way crazier houses than my house is, right? So our minimum standards are all across the board. There's no shame. There's nothing wrong with this, but my minimum standard is a house. If I lost my house, I would automatically go into total disarray because it is my minimum standard. And in that moment, I would get incredibly resourceful to find a way to get another one. Even if I didn't have any money. Even if I didn't have any resources, I guarantee I would figure out a way. Okay. Story time. When I used to live in Tahoe, was not doing super well financially. And I had a minimum standard of eating organic food. That's a minimum standard I've had for a really long time. Okay. I hit this point in Tahoe where I no longer could afford organic food. Okay. I made it maybe a month or two. And eventually there were a couple other minimum standards that I dipped below as well. Like I didn't have a house. I was living out of my van. I couldn't afford organic food. So, but at that point, my minimum standard was living out of my van. So that was fine, but the organic food was not fine. So when I was in Tahoe, had no money, couldn't afford to eat. And it hit me that I was below my minimum standard, which it always will. And I kind of went into this mode of like, panic. But what I did was I got super resourceful. And within a couple of weeks, I had moved across the country, had a well-paying job and, and immediately almost was able to afford organic food again. Okay. Now there's some people who that's never their minimum standard. And there's some people I know whose minimum standard is a private chef. And if they didn't have their private chef, they would go into disarray and find a way to make it happen. Okay. And the idea is that we don't want to send ourselves into panic mode but we want to start to build what we want as our minimum standard so that we're able, we give ourselves the opportunity to get resourceful about what we want. 
and not to only get resourceful about this thing that's like way below what we want. You see what I mean? So if I was able to, you know, get super resourceful and get myself back to organic food, there's no reason why I couldn't get myself super resourceful to do something at a higher level. Okay. So we want to really make our goals, our minimum standard. So we allow ourselves to have energy and allow ourselves to get resourceful around them. Okay. This is a lot of mindset work with a little bit of somatic work in there. And a lot of mindset work because we're trusting, we're believing, we're using mantras, but we're also doing some body work because we're creating familiar experiences in our nervous system. We're imagining what it would feel like. We're programming it into our body that that's a safe reality that we can aim for. Okay. But here is the tipping point, which we kind of spoke about earlier, is If you find yourself in a place, okay, where you've made your goal, your minimum standard, and for whatever reason in the world, it's not happening, okay, then at this point, instead of looping and looping and looping, we want to go, okay, let me figure out what pattern I'm in. Let me figure out where this comes from. Let me figure out what's going on and really do a bottom-up approach, start in our body and start to reprogram what's been going on, okay? But depending on what goal you set, depending on what you're working toward, depending on what your aim is, you're going to have different amounts of trauma experiences and patterns. So sometimes it's going to be really important to do a lot of the kind of trauma healing work, the somatic work, the reprogramming work. And other times it's going to be smooth sailing because you might not have a lot in that area. So the whole thing that I want to share is mindset work is fucking incredible. Trauma-informed coaching, somatic work, absolutely essential. And also there is no right order. There is no shame about using either one and you will always know when it is time to dip your hand in either bag to go, okay, I need to do some more mindset work. Okay. I need to start to understand what's going on in my body, what my patterns are and how I can create new experiences and move forward. And the beautiful thing is, is that you get to have both. And the most important thing we can do beyond looking at what anybody says about when to do mindset or when to do somatic work. One of my main doctors who I work with, like my person who I go for, for he's not my formal life coach, but it's like my life coach in a way, my energy work. He does, you know, body work, but everything we talk about is sort of mindset. And it's helped me more than some of the trauma work. But you look at the trends and you go, okay, this, the somatic work, the the trauma work is more important. But anyway, what I'm getting at here is that there is no right way. You always know, and you can always trust yourself to be led and guided to exactly what you need in any moment. And because we don't operate in this black and white world, it's somewhere in the in-between, in this gray area, in this 
beautiful space of you get to have both and there is no golden key. Sometimes it's going to be a lot of foot on the gas of mindset work. Sometimes it's going to be doing the deeper work and it's this ebb and flow and beautiful dance of that. And our goal as humans and what I want to help bring everybody to and that I remind myself to stay in every day is I trust myself over anyone else. I'm always going to be led and guided to exactly what I need. And I trust that. So trust yourself. If you're feeling the call to some mindset work, amazing. You'll know when you, when you need to do some other work. If you're feeling called to do a ton of you know, trauma, reprogramming, somatic work, great. You'll know when you feel trapped and it's time. You'll know if not that that will ever make you trapped automatically, but you will, you'll know that if and when it ever feels like time for you to put your foot on the gas of some mindset work, you'll go there. And the idea is that you'll just be living in this beautiful flow of both. And most importantly, trusting yourself over anyone else. Um, And in my programs, if you want to dive into this stuff even more, we do a mix of both in my programs because we're all about flexibility. We're all about self-trust. We're all about action, new experiences, blending what feels good and trusting ourselves. And I find that both are so, so, so important. Um, So if you are interested, I'll leave a a link in the show notes if you want to connect. You can always join Soulship is Open, which is Uh, my most favorite thing in the world. It is our personal transformation program. It is a membership for your highest self and soul. And in Soulship, you'll get immediate access to, currently there's six and we'll be adding more, but you'll get instant access to six modules about how to raise your standards, calibrate to what you want, reprogram your mind and your body um, so that you can have incredible relationships, make money, enjoy life, and really, most importantly, allow yourself to have what you actually want. So if you're interested in Soulship, um, that is open. And as soon as you join, you get instant access to these incredible modules. And we meet once a month for group coaching calls. And um, so Soulship is open. And then if you're someone who's interested in exponential alignment, which we go a lot more into the somatic work in there or private coaching is currently on a wait list. But if you're, you know, someone who's interested in that stuff, you know where to find me. You can always send me an email or reach out to me on Instagram and we'll connect and see what the most beautiful, amazing fit is for you. And if you are just stopping by and listening, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you sitting through this episode. I hope that there were nuggets in here that really made you think in new ways and move things inside of you. And you know what we can always ask and hope is take what I say and use your body as a soundboard. I only know what I know. I share what I know. And I always encourage you to really try it on, see what makes sense, see what feels good for you and continue to really be in the driver's seat of your own life. And that is really all we can ask for and work toward in our lives. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Definitely let me know. Feel free to share the episode and tag me on Instagram or reach out to me. Hopefully I will see you in Soulship. And if there is something else you want to reach out about, just shoot me a message and I'll see you in the next episode.
All right. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you love this episode, please share on Instagram and tag me. I can guarantee it will make my day to hear from you. If you want to stay in the loop for future episodes, make sure to subscribe. And as always, if this episode made you think of someone you love, or you know someone who would benefit from listening, please send it their way. You never know how you can impact someone's life. Until next time.